from Brandeis University for the world. This is 100.1 FM WBRS Waltham, online at wbrs.org. Brandeis Radio Service. WBRS 100.1 FM Waltham is brought to you by Cappy's Pizza and Subs, located at 559 South Street, right next to the train tracks. Cappy's provides everything from pizza to baklava at prices that college students can afford. Delivery and pickup are available. Their number is 17818997132. The Justice, the independent student newspaper of Brandeis University, found around campus. Online on Facebook or at thejustice.org. WBRS 100.1 FM Waltham is pleased to announce our new sponsor, BTV Brandeis Television. WBRS, something for everyone. From Brandeis and beyond, we deliver news and views with international perspectives. Let's listen together. This is Brandeis and the World. Only on WBRS. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Brandeis and the World on WBRS. Featuring the forthcoming 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between France and the People's Republic of China, which is to come on Monday, January the 27th. I'm David Li Banghuang. It is 8:32 Sunday morning here in Waltham, Massachusetts. Already 2:32 Sunday afternoon in Paris, and 9:32 Sunday night in Beijing. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us. On December the 24th, 2013. Just about a month ahead of the 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between France and the PRC, I visited Comrade Li Tete, a descendant of five Chinese Communist revolutionaries, in her apartment at Mushidi in Xicheng District of Beijing. Li Tete's father was People's Republic of China's former Vice Premier Li Fuchun, born in Changsha, capital city of Central China's Hunan Province, on May the 22nd in 1900. And passed away in Beijing on January the ninth in 1975 at the age of 74. Vice Premier Li Fuchun was also a member in the Standing Committee of Chinese Communist Party's Central Politburo. His successor today is Vice Premier Zhang Gaoli. Li Tete's mother was Old China Women's Federation's former chairwoman Cai Chang, born in Shuangfeng County of Hunan Province on May the fourteenth in nineteen hundred, and passed away in Beijing on September the eleventh in nineteen ninety at the age of ninety. Her successor today is chairwoman Shen Yueyue. Li Tete's uncle or her mother Cai Chang's elder brother was Cai Hesan, an early leader of the Chinese Communist Party. Born in Shanghai on March the 30th in 1895, grew up in Shuangfeng County of Hunan Province, and executed by the right wing of Kuomintang or China Nationalist Party in Guangzhou, capital city of South China's Guangdong Province, on August the 4th in 1931, only at the age of 36. Li Tete's aunt or Cai Hesan's wife. Was Xiang Jingyu, one of the earliest female members of the Communist Party of China, 
and widely regarded as a pioneer of women's movement of China. Born in Xipu County of Hunan Province on September the 4th in 1895, and executed by the right wing of Kuomintang or China Nationalist Party in Wuhan, capital city of central China's Hubei Province, on May the 1st in 1928, only at the age of 32. Li Tete's grandmother or Cai Hesen and Cai Chang's mother was Ge Jianhao, a Chinese educationist and a leader of Chinese women's rights movement. Born in Shuangfeng County of Hunan Province in September 1865 and passed away in Yunfeng Town of the same province on March the 16th in 1943 at the age of 77. From the late 1910s to the early 1920s, Comrade Ge Jianhao was in France with her feet bound due to China's feudalist tradition, along with Li Tete's father Li Fuchun, mother Cai Chang, uncle Cai Hesen, and aunt Xiang Jingyu. In France, while Li Fuchun's generation was working and studying, Ge Jianhao practiced her French language very hard in order to well survive and to take good care of her relatives there. Li Tete's uncle Cai Hesen and Aunt Xiang Jingyu got married in France in 1920. On October the 13th, 1921, Cai Hesen and Xiang Jingyu, along with 102 other Chinese students involved with communist movements in France, including later People's Republic of China's military commander Chen Yi, were illegally detained and deported by then Republic of China's traitorous diplomat Chen Lu and French police authorities. After that, Li Tete's parents Li Fuchun and Cai Chang got married in France, and Li Tete herself was born in Paris on February the 25th in 1923. After father Li Fuchun and mother Cai Chang left France for the former Soviet Union in 1924, grandmother Ge Hao took Li Tete back to China from France, and Li Tete was mostly brought up by her grandmother in central China's Hunan province from 1924 to 1938. From 1938 to 1952, Li Tete grew up in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. In USSR, not only did Li Tete receive her higher education, but she also fought against German invaders at the Eastern Front of World War II in person. That part of the anti-fascist war is also called the Great Patriotic War by the Soviets. After Li Tete came back to China in 1952, three years after the People's Republic was founded, she spent many years working with the Chinese Academy of Agricultural Sciences in Beijing since she studied agriculture and atomic energy back in the former Soviet Union. Li Tete also contributed to the successful explosion of China's first-ever atomic bomb launched in northwest China's Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region on October the 16th in 1964. In 1988, although she retired, she has been a philanthropist and director of China's Western Returned Scholars Association even till today. As a Chinese veteran fought in the former Soviet Union's Great Patriotic War against German invaders during the Second World War in 1995, 50 years after the victory of World Anti-Fascist War, Li Tete received the commemorative medal with then Russian President Boris Yeltsin's autograph attached. When then Russian President Dmitry Medvedev was visiting China in September 2010, Li Tete shook hands with President Medvedev in person. 
although Li Tete is turning to 91 years old in February 2014, her physical conditions were very impressive when I was visiting her back in December 2013. Li Tete's relatives' experiences have many times brought my mind to Li Tete's birthplace, France. That was the theme music for the Chinese TV series *Our Years in France*, known as *Our Years in Mandarin Chinese* and *Nous en Français* in French. This TV series was directed by Kang Honglei, and it was mostly co-filmed in both China and France in 2011. It mainly depicts the story of some Chinese students. Working and studying in France in the early 1920s, some of them, like Li Tete's uncle Cai Hesan and Aunt Xiang Jingyu, were executed by the right wing of Kuomintang or China Nationalist Party before the People's Republic of China was founded in 1949. Some of them, like Zhou Enlai, Deng Xiaoping, Li Tete's father Li Fuchun, and Li Tete's mother Cai Chang, became renowned communist politicians. After the People's Republic was founded, there were also some Chinese students who focused on education and academics rather than politics after they returned to China from France, like Yang Kun, Zhang Ruoming, Ba Jin, Xian Xinghai, etc. In the TV series *Our Lives in France*, mainland Chinese actor Liu Zhiyang acted Li Tete's father Li Fuchun. Actress Wu Zitong, also known as Wu Xiaodan, acted Li Tete's mother Cai Chang. Actor Zhang Nianhua acted Li Tete's uncle or Cai Chang's elder brother Cai Hesan. Actress Liu Xia acted Li Tete's aunt or Cai Hesan's wife Xiang Jingyu. And actress Li Ting acted Li Tete's grandmother or Cai Hesan and Cai Chang's mother Ge Jianhao. Unfortunately, 
actress Li Ting passed away on August 13 in 2012 due to cancer only at the age of 43, just a year after the TV series was filmed. And here's the audio recording of my brief conversation with former Chinese Vice Premier Li Fuchun's daughter Li Tete taped in Beijing on December 24th, 2013. 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between China and France. We know that your father Li Fuchun, mother Cai Chang, uncle Cai Hesen, and aunt Xiang Jingyu worked and studied in France around the early 1920s, and your grandmother Ge Jianhao accompanied them in France. In order to take good care of your father's generation, Grandma Ge had to overcome her foreign language difficulties. She therefore studied French vocabulary words very hard. Based on your family members' memory, how do you see your grandmother's diligent spirit in learning French? She responded by pointing out an old photo in her apartment and saying, Oh, my grandmother, her feet were bound during that time period. Just take a look at the photo over there. My grandma was on the very right. The old man who was sitting in the middle was my grandfather or Ge Jianhao's husband. The woman on the very left was my aunt Xiang Jingyu. I myself was sitting in front of my grandma. The two young kids standing in front of Xiang Jingyu on the left were respectively the daughter and the son of Cai Hesen and Xiang Jingyu. Those pieces were old story, too old. Oh. I see your grandmother Ge Jianhao has left a very good impression in your mind. Of course, as an old woman whose feet were bound, she could still study French in France. <laughs> Tell us more about that hard-working spirit. <laughs> she often went out and found people to talk in order to practice her French. Indeed, she possessed that hard-working spirit. She was an excellent person. You know, she already turned into her late 50s back then. I have another question. In the 
70s, China's reform opening up director Deng Xiaoping visited France, which had already established diplomatic relations with the People's Republic. At that time in France, he purchased many pieces of bread, and after he returned to China, he distributed the bread to some of his former Chinese classmates who worked and studied in France with him in the early 1920s. Zhou Enlai, Ni Rongzhen, your father Li Fuchun, and your mother Cai Chang were among those former classmates. How did your parents feel after they received the bread bought from France by Deng Xiaoping? At that time, they were very excited, but later the excitement faded. Okay, lastly, on January the 27th, 2014, we'll witness the 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between China and France. You yourself were born in Paris, and so many of your relatives have worked and studied in France. As a person with this special family background, what are wishes for the forthcoming anniversary? I'm afraid that I'm not eligible to express my wishes for the anniversary. This is the history of the Communist Party of China. It is the Communist Party that should set the tone and make publicity for the anniversary. In the 1920s, I was too young. Take a look at the photo that I showed earlier. I was a very young girl sitting in front of my grandma on the right. Oh, I see. So many of your relatives have worked and uh, studied in France. I believe that part of history can make huge contributions to people-to-people -people communications and cultural exchange between China and France. What is your view on this? Frankly speaking, I did not understand these things at that time. That part of history has not been widely publicized until recent years, so it is a good thing now. She then pointed to the same old photo again and said, it is not an easy task to keep this old photo for so many decades. The woman standing in the middle of the picture was Liu Ang, daughter of my mom, Cai Chang's elder sister. Liu Ang was literate, and she could earn money to look after my family after I returned to China from France. Oh. 
，真好。那行啊，李特奶奶呀 ，Perfect. Thank you very much, Comrade Little Toe. I'm very excited to meet you today in person. I sincerely wish you a very healthy life and good luck. 谢谢谢谢谢谢谢谢。怎么这历史事实？ Many thanks indeed. Those are just historical facts. 呃，我觉得，嗯，哎，那是年轻人想学习历史是非常好的一件事儿。对。You are listening to a special edition of Brandeis and the World, featuring the forthcoming 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between France and the People's Republic of China. I'm David Li Banghuang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash/wbrsbrandeisandtheworld. Follow us on Twitter and on China's Sina Weibo. At WBRS underscore David HLB, and check us out on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com/slash/WBRS underscore David HLB. We'll be back with Deng Xiaoping's experiences in France. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to Brandeis and the World on WBRS. China's reform and opening up director Deng Xiaoping, born in 1904 and passed away in 1997, worked and studied in France from 1920 to 1926. Introductions of his experiences in France, including his work card used at Francis Schneider and Company Iron and Steel Complex, whose serial number was 07396, can be found at the. Exhibition room of Deng Xiaoping's former residence, located in the city of Guang'an in southwest China's Sichuan Province. On August 17, 2013, I interviewed two Chinese visitors at the museum. Let's take a listen. Thanks for joining us on WBRS. So, you first came to the museum of Deng Xiaoping、uh, in the city of Guang'an of southwest China's Sichuan Province. When you were still in junior high school, and today, many years have passed, and you visited the museum again. So, how do you see the difference? Uh, 小平同志他的以前的那个故居，故居保持的还是非常完整。然后 ，Comrade Deng Xiaoping's former residence has been protected very well. The site is larger than before. This time. I can see a newly built exhibition room for him. Experiences about his entire life can all be found in the exhibition room. I do not think the exhibition room existed in the past. How do you see Deng Xiaoping's contribution to today's China and to the rest of the world? Uh, if say. If we say Chairman Mao Zedong was the founder who established the People's Republic of China, then Deng Xiaoping was the person who led us to construct the People's Republic. My deepest understanding of Deng Xiaoping is that he launched a special economic zone in South China's Shenzhen, the city next to Hong Kong, in order to implement his reform and opening up. And make economic construction. I think that China's economy had a rapid growth in the early 1990s. People's livelihood in China obtained apparent improvement 
under the leadership of Deng Xiaoping. The notion of well-off society was proposed by Deng Xiaoping. So I believe that in the early 1990s, people across the country adored Deng Xiaoping. That was one of the largest contributions he made for China and for the rest of the world. In the museum, we can see Deng Xiaoping's work card in France in the early 1920s. Number 07396 is written on the card. He, along with many other former CPC and PRC leaders, um, had a very tough life in France in the 1920s. They got some remarkable revolutionary ideas in France then. What do you think of that, and how did that contribute to the Red Revolution later? Deng Xiaoping led people across China to create a well-off society, and that was closely related to his career. When he was working and studying in the capitalist nation of France, he was exploited by capitalists. But he could unite himself with the working class. Since then, he has started to believe in communism and Marxism-Leninism. It was those beliefs that began to positively influence his later life, and he eventually became a great revolutionary and politician. So his experiences in France in the 1920s laid a positive foundation for the fate of China after the People's Republic was founded. In my previous question, I mentioned France. January the 27th, 2014 will mark the 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between the People's Republic of China and France. Since some former Chinese leaders had the experiences of studying in France during the 20th century, how do you see the future of the bilateral ties between these two countries? People will witness the 50th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic ties between China and France in 2014. Throughout history, this anniversary has a lot to do with the history between people and people. We know that Deng Xiaoping worked and studied in France in his early years. He acquired plenty of advanced knowledge in that Western country. He also applied some excellent Western cultures to China's reform and opening up later. His experiences in France had a huge impact on his life afterwards. Therefore, I think people-to-people communications can be influenced by friendship in terms of economics, culture, and so on. The relationship between nation and nation is similar. Leaders from both countries can learn from each other and communicate with each other. People from both countries can do the same thing too. People from one country can spread their country's excellent culture to different industries of the other country. Those principles that I just mentioned do not only apply to the bilateral relations between China and France, but also to the relations between China and the many other countries around the world. 
The bilateral relations should be developed in a positive and healthy way. 非常就是呃，以一种就是很健康的、很积极的状态去发展啊，我觉得是这个样子。Thank you both for joining us on WBRS. This is David Li Banghuang reporting for WBRS in the city of Guang'an of Southwest China's Sichuan Province on August That comes to a conclusion of my special broadcast this weekend. I'm David Li Banghuang in Waltham, Massachusetts, USA. Thank you so much for listening, and let's sincerely wish the bilateral relations between China and France a brighter prospect. Happy 50th anniversary!